Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season five of the Awaken Together podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Jen. And we're so happy to be back with you all. We hope you've had an amazing summer. We missed you. We've missed you so much. <laughs> and we are jumping back in with some really juicy, really fiery content. And we're going to kick it off with patriarchy. Woo-hoo. So <laughs> there's so much that we can say about this being too cisgendered women um, living in this day and age, but really the inspiration for us covering this topic today is because we are coming off just seeing the Barbie movie. Fresh (laughs) off the Barbie movie. (laughs) And if you haven't seen it yet, spoiler alert, there's going to be some things we talk about that might give some things away, but we just felt this was too prevalent and too too present in our souls not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Barbie movie was such a deeper processing than I think a lot of people anticipated when they went in to see it. And I'm just so hoping that this was kind of like a little nugget or a little seed for so many people that maybe would not be exposed to the world of unpacking patriarchy, your own self-love, and all the things that we talk about on this podcast, like, it could have started some people's journey when they just thought they were going to see, like, a basic movie. (laughs) Exactly, right? And so we figured just to start it off, like, super high level, like, what is the patriarchy in case any of us, like, aren't aren't super informed of the definition. And if you just do a quick Google search, it literally says a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. So whether or not like that word is one that is commonly in your vocabulary or if it's like a newer concept to you, you have been living in this society your entire life. So we'll kind of unpack that today. Yes, we're going to go over like how it's a personally and impacted us, ways we contributed to it, and then also talk about like how this kind of manifests in society and like what we can do from there. But the themes of the Barbie movie, it's really going over the experience of what it means to be a woman and how complex that can be in the society that we have created. And it does it in such a such a casual way at first to where I think, you know, it can get you thinking. And then I love where the movie goes, where eventually they... They realize that just by sharing and talking about your own personal experiences on how impossible the system is, it can wake other people up to knowing how ridiculous and impossible the system is so we can actually change and get out of it. So Kat, I would love to hear your journey with the patriarchy, how you feel that influenced your you growing up and yeah, where you've kind of ended up being able to land. Yeah, thanks. Oh, man. I mean, it is brainwashing at its core essence. It really is. It is. You're like put under a spell and we're put under this spell of believing that we are less than as women from really as early as we can understand that as a topic. So when thinking about this for myself, I go all the way back to childhood and I think about like something that my grandmother, who she was 17 years old when she had 
had my mom. She moved here from Greece and she was married off at 18 to my grandfather. It was an arranged marriage and he was 11 years older than her. So, I mean, even thinking back to that, like that right there, like, um, older Greek times, it's very, it was very prevalent there as well. So arranged marriages, the youth being seen as like the ideal, um, older men going for younger women, all of that. But she like, I love her so much. My yaya, my grandmother, um, she's still alive. She's my last living grandparent and we're very close, but in growing up and just kind of understanding patriarchy and um, like kind of my gender and my responsibilities in the family and how I was treated different than my little brother, I started to kind of unearth some things that I was like, hmm, I'm going to think about that some more. I don't really like how that feels. So one example of this is, um, so I'm, I'm three years older than my brother. And my yaya would say to me, um, oh, like how was she would pick us up from school every day. So she would say, how was last night? Um, Did you feed your brother dinner? Like, I know mommy got home late from work. Did you feed your brother? And I was like 13 at the time. He was nine and I don't know. I didn't want to cook for him. So I was like, no, he cooked his own chicken nuggets. And she was like, why didn't you cook for him? Mm. I'm like, he wanted chicken nuggets. And so he popped them in the microwave. Like, I don't have to cook. I was 13, you know, I was like, I don't have to cook for my little brother every time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was just kind of the expectation. And it wasn't just me. I noticed how this was all of the women in my family. It was, oh, why don't you go see if your cousin George is hungry? Why don't you go see if your dad wants a beer? It was just like, we were there to serve them. And that was never explicitly said, but that was, of course, the message that was received. It was very clear to me that The women were there to make babies and care for the babies and the children and the men. And that was like our place in society. So that was one example that I thought about. Um, I also, when I kind of picked up on all of this, I uh, started to more resonate with being a tomboy because I really didn't like that idea of women being there to serve. So I kind of took on this approach of wanting more power and in that made myself act more masculine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, Mm -hmm. okay, patriarchy, here we are again. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like it's not, but then it sneaks right back, you know? Uh Uh-huh, right? Yeah, and I actually used to shit on my little cousin, uh, Maria, who uh, is like a little sister to me for loving Barbie. So Mm -hmm. it's like full circle Mm -hmm. because she loved pink, she loved Barbie, she loved shopping and shoes and all of the really feminine things. And here I was thinking like, oh no, like we need to be strong, independent women. We need to be manly. We need to act like we like sports and just like own that side of us or else we're never going to be taken seriously. We're going to be seen as unintelligent. And so I remember like deciding really early on that I would dress really conservatively, like even in middle school when girls, you know, frequently are kind of pushing the boundaries. I really didn't want to do that because I felt really uncomfortable being catcalled, just like walking down the street as a teenager, you know, Mm -hmm. um, being catcalled on the street and like being so uncomfortable, just feeling this heat rising in me, my face would be red. And I just felt like, you know, what the hell? Like, I am not here 
for someone else's enjoyment. I'm not here just to be catcalled and stared at. And so I would purposefully dress in ways that were like more masculine, just to try to avoid that to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just even body language, like my shoulders would cave in. My throat chakra was super blocked. I would talk really quietly um, at school and stuff. And then at home, it would all get kind of pent up and I would like get just so upset. And I had this kind of anger as a kid. And I know that it was all built up from from that way of feeling like I needed to act a certain way to be taken seriously. Like I remember having these thoughts of like, one day I'll show you all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was my little Aquarius self. Like one day you're going to take me seriously. I'm going to be really successful and you'll look back and be like, oh, I never should have doubted her. (laughs) Mm. Do you know when it kind of started changing for you? What was some of the turning points? Yeah, honestly, ah, man, I think I started to kind of embrace my feminine energy when I was like midway through, probably early on in high school, actually. Um, But then again, it was like, maybe that was part of me just kind of succumbing to it and seeing how others were accepted and popular and leaning into that. Yeah, because I remember you got into your shoe addiction. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. So like young times, I went the other way. But then I think I started to dip my toe in the waters and say, well, hey, if this is what's working for everybody else, maybe I need to fit that mold too. Mm -hmm. And so... I did kind of swing the pendulum in the other direction and just kind of made myself dumb down Mm -hmm. and uh, just, yeah, I don't know. Which is ultimately, yeah, letting the patriarchy win, you start realizing like, okay, well, maybe I, yeah, we'll just go into this box because this box gets me things a lot easier and then I'm not like labeled and judged and looked at in this way so oh yes exactly and there's such um there's an example of that in the movie too like do you remember when Barbie almost gets back into her box Uh to be put away because it was more comfortable and then she has that freak out moment of like no this isn't actually what I want to do so I feel like I had that moment um really when I found yoga like really when my spiritual awakening began of like okay I don't need to be someone that everybody else wants me to be, that society tells me I need to be. I'm just going to start to understand who I am at the core. Right. And breaking down like both extremes of these like gendered presentations, like, you know, you lose a lot of that on the yoga mat because you start to see yourself as a soul and it gets a lot easier just to be like, what does my internal compass want beyond all this other bullshit? (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. I'm so grateful for that and for that practice. I feel like for both of us, a lot can be traced back to mm-hmm. to yoga and the mat. But how about you, Jen? Oh, what was your experience like? Yeah, thank you for sharing yours as thinking even. Yeah, like so much. I can see some similarities. Um, my starting point is like very unique, like yours in a way, because My parents, growing up in a very strict Christian household, evangelical Christian, I'm sure some of you have heard in other episodes, um, but my, my parents were very against all the things that were kind of like hyper feminine. So I was not allowed to paint my nails. I was not allowed to wear makeup. I was not allowed to wear most like clothing that would have been 
you know, popular, like in the time. Um, I wasn't allowed to have my ears pierced. So a lot of the like kind of like standard feminine presentation was like forbidden for me, which, you know, in a way could have been seen as like my parents kind of breaking that mold and not wanting me to go there. But it also made me deeply like see that presentation very sexualized and as very dirty so it definitely had me like resisting a lot of people like you said with your cousin like Mm -hmm. I pushed a lot of people away from me that were into those things so it led to me having this kind of very judgmental lens where I thought anyone who embraced any of that stuff was just like yeah, doing the absolute like worst thing. Um, So it took a lot of healing around that. So I was very much raised a tomboy. I was raised to like watch a lot of sports growing up and really to follow what my dad's passions were. Um, Quick question on that too. Yeah. What was your parents' reasoning for not letting you like paint your nails and do the thing? Yeah. So to them, they thought that that was a very like sexual thing. It was a mm-hmm. way to kind of seduce and to like, yeah, se- just sexualize stuff. So to to them that if they raised daughters that way, we were going to turn into someone that would attract all these like men and be seducing so it was so kind of grimy because even at a young age it had me thinking in this like dirtier way because of it being restricted and viewed that way so it kind of shows my parents own like um own stuff that they were going through where they were still like really being fueled by patriarchal thinking of like women are seen kind of objectively and this is the you know it instead of dismantling that and kind of educating through it it was like just forbidden which ended up being like really weird to like unpack so I think Growing up, we leaned into a lot of my dad's passions, which my mom really struggled with a lot of self-esteem issues and a lot of self-hatred because I think for her, it was really hard to find like identity beyond, um, yeah, there, it was just hard for her to find identity, I think, in a lot of ways. And then you add that into the layer of the church, which, you know, we went to churches where they believe that women should never be pastors, that women shouldn't be a part of the elder team of the church making some of the decisions. Women were very much used in church to be of service, like prepare meals for after church and to lead the nursery and do things like that. So I was very much still put into a gender role in completely different ways. And this like feminine, like you need to be self-sacrificial was definitely still a very strong influence. It was just all done through the church. And I remember, you know, starting at a very young age in the church, which I think is messed up for so many reasons, but they start having, you know, these talks with you at such a young age about how us girls can tempt the boys and we can cause them to sin from God and that we need to be really careful about how Mm. we dress and that every single thing we do is a reflection of like how, how much we're willing to keep people on the path Um, of God and heading in the right direction. And so I just remember, you know, 
I was always like pulling at my clothes, making sure like if I drop something that I was holding my skirt, like don't, you know, don't accidentally like do anything scandalous, like making sure my shirts were always like not revealing anything, like watching my body language like so much. And then I think I had kind of like a hyper rebellion stage also kind of hit more closer to high school of like realizing how much I just did not, you know, I I felt so behind in so many ways. I was still piecing together like these rules from my household. Like my dad was very much encouraged and took on the role very gladly of being in charge of our household. My mom (laughs) couldn't have too many opinions and everything always had to go through my dad. And I hated that. I always felt like a burning fire for that a hundred (laughs) percent. And I just remember as I got into high school, just being like, I want to experience everything for what it is and I will have to just like learn to make my own judgment calls. But that did end up still taking a darker direction because I was still at that point programmed so much that like the highlight of my life was going to be to get married and have babies that like I still was just so happy when I was getting attention from guys. I wasn't even thinking about my own needs. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking like, okay, maybe this person doesn't make me the happiest. I was going, oh, "Oh, he thinks I'm sexy. He's kind of hot. Like I resonate (laughs) with that so much. God damn. Yeah. And you're just like so thankful that someone is giving you a piece of like like the moment you've been built up for and then it just ends up still feeling so empty and I think it takes a long time to piece that in but it turned into me like I think I look back and a few stories that like stand out like it was hilarious in the Barbie movie when they're trying to take down the patriarchy. Um, they listen to all of their partners like play guitar for like hours. And then they, you know, they they have this whole grand plan. But right when I saw that in the Barbie movie, I just thought like I was engaged to a pastor's son. I was so thankful that my life was going to be just as my parents wanted, like in the church, I was going to be able to be of service. And he would play the guitar for so many hours without even a a check-in on how I'm doing. I didn't have a thought to say. And I was just wasting these hours, not finding my own ambition and instead just letting my main focus be to just admire um, this guy just performing Barf. his guitar, <laughs> which makes me so sick. And I really thought I know how I felt in those moments. And I was like, wow, this this should be exactly like I'm I think I have it right. But like no check in on my own need, everything at like this kind of comparing myself to the checklist. Right. Of like everything mm-hmm. I had been taught and One other story that really comes to mind, I mean, I really still had such little self-respect for myself in college, which led to a lot of like reckless sex and like, yeah, giving a lot of people power that really had done absolutely nothing to, you know, earn it in any capacity. And it just like is so a mirror of how little I cared about myself and I know that once I had gotten into doing my career in physical therapy, I moved from Florida to, 
I don't know if we even want to say it's a more backwards place, but I was mm-hmm. I was right on the cusp of West Virginia, Kentucky, and Ohio, where <laughs> there is so much toxic masculinity. These men real there's so many patterns of abuse there and abuse has become kind of so normalized for a lot of these women because they're not exposed to as many other cultures it's a lot of white families and there's a lot of that men's in charge lots of churches lots of this like play out of this exact problem and I started working for a company that was fully ran by men they hired me in management and I was the first woman that they had in that kind of like position. And I saw all of these problems with the company. Like there was a lot of legality stuff I was worried about. I was seeing a lot of problems with the employees. And I was so happy to be creating this list of stuff that was a problem because they had hired me to be in management to help fix these things. And I remember I presented all of the stuff to one of the guys who did not have a high school diploma or any college degree and was running this entire company. Not that that's always a huge judge, but should have been noted more for what it was. And And he looked at me and said, after I read him the list, I look up and he's like, listen, you're a 22 year old female. I don't need you coming in here telling us what we're doing wrong. You listen up. This this is something we've been doing. We don't need you to come in with stuff like that. And he's like, you know, I, I, I think why don't why don't we go out to Ponderosa this this buffet restaurant. We'll talk it out. And I just think maybe management's not for you. Like, let's get you a place where you can be a little more comfortable. So right there is the embodiment of the patriarchy. Tries to offer me something to soothe these, like, feelings because god we don't want you emotional why don't we just put some food in you you know then you can shut up and stop talking to me about the problems calls out my age calls out my sex calls out like every single thing i pointed out as being something that they didn't even want to look at twice and in that moment i feel like i had the most clarity on how the patriarchy really was like I was shocked that that was thrown at me. And I think from there, the spite and the fire to awaken people to how screwed up this was, I didn't really, I think, fully grasp how much that was limiting problems from being fixed in our Mm -hmm. reality. And then that moment, I think it finally clicked for me. (laughs) Yeah. So there's some of my takeaways. Oh my gosh, that's insane that that's, that happened like in your lifetime to you. That wasn't 50 years ago. Like that was present day. Like right. that's insane. Right. 10 years ago. Oh my gosh. Unreal. Yeah, it still blows my mind. And I mean, age is so prevalent in the patriarchal conversation. Um, yeah, you're valuable you only when you're young and fit this also very like disgusting and unrealistic like um yeah look that is really hyper fantasized with photoshop and editing and it's just so clear these people are taking in like images and have this you know viewpoint that's not even realistic to what the average person looks like 
Yeah, and the crux of patriarchy, I mean, it's deeply rooted in capitalism. It's all like so intertwined. But really, the crux of it is that we are not okay and acceptable the way that we are, Mm -hmm. right? There's always this notion of needing to chase and change and be someone different and younger with less wrinkles and no cellulite mm-hmm. and, right, like high arches. And that's what we talk about in the Barbie movie. And it's like, what the fuck, right? And I think feminism is, it gets such a bad rap in this patriarchal society because uh, people think that we are trying to turn this all into a matriarchy. And I mean... That would be beautiful, (laughs) but (laughs) that's not what we're going for, right? We're not saying that men should have less rights than women. We're just simply saying that we all need to be treated equally with respect and put on an even playing field because it's so far from that right now. So when when thinking about like how to rebel against the patriarchy, I think it's really simple. It's loving yourself and accepting yourself exactly the way you are right now. Mm-hmm. So, so, <sighs> so true. And I think too that, yeah, you see so commonly like the very people bashing feminism They don't even know like the depths of what is even being asked. And I think it's it shows once again that a lot of the men that will be against feminism and that are usually in higher positions of power, they like to view any type of demand for change as this giant emotional crazy burden when they are just not being inconvenienced by half of the stuff that especially female presenting people have to experience and go through like the fact that we have like the shittiest maternity leave in the entire world like we don't have there's no respect to be able to handle any of the experiences that are happening to 50% of the population. And we, yeah, we're still behind in pay. We're still behind in representation. We still have less, yeah, people in leadership that are female bodied. And it's, um, yeah, it's so clear that beyond it is like, I remember agreeing with this framework when I was so brainwashed that like women are very emotional. no. It is human to be emotional. It is the Mm -hmm. repression of emotions that ends up creating a very dark and messed up energy. And that is where a lot of these men in power are. They don't know how to handle any emotions. Like, truly. we see war. (laughs) Literally. And they, they are so uncomfortable. Like, clearly, I couldn't even say, like, a list of things that were objective problems without it provoking my my boss at that time it's anytime you voice something they they don't know how to deal with being uncomfortable because a woman has always filled in that gap for them and i want to share that like i think a few other ways patriarchy kind of presents is like you said the earn it mentality is like you do more to earn respect and then you know if you don't put in this certain type you're you're not valued when in reality we're all humans on the same planet and there's really not even a fair shot. Some people 
this is where racism comes into play and how it like plays out. There can be groups of people that can try at level 100 and still not get ahead in the current system that we have. And another way that I think it presents is you have all of these baby men, adults, because these moms will come in and instead of teaching their son how to work through emotions, they only the the moms only know how to f- copy what their life experience was which was to cater to men so you see these moms like cleaning the boys rooms for them completely picking out what they're going to wear like doing all of this stuff where those action steps help you learn to process emotions and it gets filled in by a woman and then when the guy gets put into adulthood he has no ability to unpack a lot of his own emotions and then tries to find a wife with that mentality and then usually the mother-in-law puts down the wife and says why can't you do more like look at what I did for him once again uh, we have to give space all of us need to be processing tough emotions and no it's not easy and yes it would be amazing if someone could fill in the gap and do all that for us but it doesn't make us actually deal with the human experience we're all going through and we know that vulnerability actually leads to authenticity and connection and positive change and we know that repression leads to anger problems punching a wall when you have a basic emotion driving off slamming the door not knowing how to sit and deal with one uncomfortable sensation and that is the end result of a patriarchal society at its finest is that as the problem and then women blaming themselves for it and hating themselves even more which is the saddest takeaway um truly (laughs) it's that masculine fragility and the the learned women's response of like coddling that right and making it okay and making it better and oh if I don't do this it's gonna get violent and things are gonna get bad and it's like living in that fear mindset it's just it's harmful not to care about this um it's harmful to just go along with it because we're perpetuating the toxicity of that and and it's turning abusive Right, exactly. And not encouraging people to do better and demanding that people do better. So a big part of this is healing the mother line and like lifting other women up, right? It all starts with us, of course, but once we feel like we've done some healing work and can understand these patterns within ourselves, within our families, it's lifting others up. So rather than leaning into the rhetoric of like, oh yeah, she, that one, she's a bitch. Like she speaks her or mind she's too she's so freely. crazy. Like she doesn't, her emotions are all over the place. Like what the fuck? Like I used or to talk women slut. down. Yeah. Uh-huh. So easy to do when it's like talk that way. Like anyone who should shows too much like they're the problem and everyone else is normal and they're like really fucking crazy (laughs) yes exactly or the whole notion how many times have we heard um certain women say oh i get along better with guys Mm -hmm. right Right. (laughs) like that whole unhealed um like a, a sister wound And whether it's like a a biological sister or not, what I mean is like having a wound from another woman. We've talked about this before on the pod, but like just believing that 
um, that they get along better with guys. And it's mm-hmm. because somewhere they were scorned by a woman and um, they just don't want to get that deep. And oftentimes in male relationships, we see things a little bit more surface level, which can be a little bit more approachable for some people who aren't comfortable with the depth. But Oh, yeah. I mean, lifting each other up, praising women who speak their truth, elevating female voices, sharing other women's content, right? Being intentional about that. It's all starting with the love. And that's how I think we can truly change this. And I mean, I have so much hope. Like our generation's doing badass stuff mm-hmm. and the generations younger than us just continue to amaze me. And so I truly believe that in this wave of Aquarius like the future is female but it's not just going to happen that way like we need to continue with the hard work and just loving ourselves the way that we love each other yeah and if you deeply love yourself and you also realize that these things that get labeled as flaws or bad that only creates patterns of shame where you're desperately trying to hide actual things that are happening to you, actual feelings you are experiencing, which is valid in itself, no explanation. Your human experience matters. Every single bit of it is relatable and you are not alone in anything you're feeling. And when you deeply, deeply believe that and you lead with even your weaknesses and realize that it's it's nothing more than you just being a human. You get to share that message so easily. So I think of like even having children, like when they get to see you living in your flaws and just owning like all the parts of who you are, they also won't feel so much shame when they experience their own, you know, roller coaster emotions because this life is always going to produce that. And the important part is that we hold each other through that and we hold space and acceptance for all of humanity. And this like is so what we're lacking in especially the USA. There is so much that's still built on privilege and so much that's still built on white supremacy. And it's All of this like has to collapse. And I think a huge part of being able to do that is, yeah, owning the full truths of who you are like very radically so that it can be passed down that anyone and what they're experiencing is safe to also voice that. And hopefully those voices get so loud that it becomes very clear who's not doing that. And those stop being our people that are in leadership positions. That's exactly right. We can do whatever the hell we want. And that is what I want to pass along to the next generation Mm -hmm. of badass females. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling stoked. I'm empowered, Jen. Yes, I got a flame. The flame. Barbie flame. Heck yes. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, I looked out the window when we started recording this and it was really cloudy and now the sun's out. And I just feel like that's a beautiful representation of how this conversation has gone. I'm feeling just so much more clear and inspired and um, I hope that our listeners are feeling that way too and just ready to love themselves and 
conquer the world. Yes, we <laughs> love you guys. And we're so happy to be here for another season. We want to continue to thank you because the podcast is really growing. And it's been so fun to look at all of our statistics and see just like how much this podcast is reaching people all around the world and how with each season we continue to grow. So we just so appreciate you guys listening to all of our thoughts and conversations. We have such an exciting season ahead with so many cool episodes lined up for you. So continue. Every week. Yes, <laughs> every week for this second part of the year. And so make sure that you're always listening in on Fridays, that you are sharing the podcast to anyone in your inner circle. And yeah, you go rate us on Spotify, like our Instagram, and we will keep it coming. <laughs> We love you all so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye.